Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, the unexpected challenges in the business of energy efficiency. So we're still trying to understand why they don't want free money, uh, especially if it's their money. Uh, we're taking it back from the utility companies and giving it to them. There is money to be made by saving energy? You bet there is. I think that just about everyone, well, I hope everyone now knows that, but do you know exactly how to save money by saving energy? Well, Darren Coates here in the studio certainly does. Darren is an entrepreneur and investor, and he's co-founder of Thinkbox Group, a renewable energy development company here in town. He's got lots of money in his pocket and is looking for opportunities to save energy and make a difference to a region's economy and living standards. Well, let's find out what Darren's up to. Darren, first of all, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, what is ThinkBox? Well, ThinkBox develops sustainable projects. So whether that be infrastructure, uh, technology, or community, uh, sustainability to us is uh, a promise to be here tomorrow. That's our definition of sustainability. So uh, your building needs to be here. Uh, obviously, the people in the building need to function at a higher level. Um, and so that's what we've been able to do. Um, we lower cost from utilities, uh, and we use that savings to finance capital improvements and community benefits. So, in effect, you're, you're almost like, how to describe it? I mean, real estate developers develop properties. You're like an energy conservation developer. We are. Uh, we're, we're able to go into a building and give them back money that they would ordinarily give to the utility companies um, and the repair companies. And so we find that very rewarding, um, and it's also a lot of fun. <laughs> fun is important. Fun is understated is important from the standpoint of certainly an entrepreneurial journey. Absolutely. Well, how did you get into this? Uh, well, uh, it's the only space that I've known. I was walking across campus at uh, Morehouse College a lot of years ago, and uh, our legendary career placement director, uh, Benjamin McLaurin, asked me to come and interview with Honeywell. Uh, I got a job with them as they were just figuring out this whole space. Uh, got lucky, did really well. Uh, ended up here in D.C. running a business unit from uh, Pennsylvania to North Carolina. They sent me to GW's B-School to be a better CEO candidate, and uh, halfway through I quit and started this company. <laughs> so you couldn't <laughs> hold a job. I couldn't hold a job. Uh, exactly. Interesting. Actually, you're coming to a theme that uh, I think is under-discussed here in town. You mentioned that you, you learned about this field working at a couple of companies. So we tend not to think about entrepreneurial people as developing their skills in companies. We tend to think about them as being people who start businesses, but that's not a view you share. Uh, you know, I'm on the cusp. I'm a, I guess I'm a Gen Xer. I get confused with the generations now, but um, I started in corporate and everybody when I was coming up wanted to be in corporate and then the world shifted um, and utilities deregulated. Um, so that gave us a really unique opportunity. My partner is a physicist who was working down at uh, Night Vision Labs. Um, he's the smarter one of, of the group, obviously. Um, so with his help, I think we were able to see an opportunity and grab it and kind of get some traction. So does it ever frustrate you when you go off to uh, an event, like a pitch event, where everybody is talking about, you know, you got to be an entrepreneur, you've got to live on ramen and, and live the dream? and doesn't that's so that's so not how most of us actually become entrepreneurs does it frustrate you um it doesn't frustrate me i don't, I don't have time to get frustrated i got enough stuff to be frustrated about but um <laughs> but it certainly is annoying fair enough um be, because i think it paints a, a, a well you know the tech space is different i don't i don't know the tech space as well 
Um, for us in the non-tech world, uh, where profits and infrastructure still matter, um, it really helps to have a foundation of kind of how you do things, how corporations were built. I mean, there's a reason that corporations work, um, and there's some good stuff in corporations in terms of organizing and managing and mentoring and growing. Um, and then you can kind of get a feel for where innovation can take place. It's funny. I, I get really frustrated when I we see Peter Thiel tell everybody don't go to college. And yeah. I see people glorifying you don't need to know anything. You can just figure it out. Yeah. That's not been my life experience. Yeah. Um, again, maybe in tech, uh, yeah. you know, but, but for me, um, and Paul Orentis, my partner, um, it, it's been fun kind of working through the old school, uh, of figuring things out, failing, uh, getting back up and then kind of putting models and processes and strategies in place, um, to take advantage of market opportunities, um, and hopefully do some good. So speaking of market opportunities, tell me what you're doing here in town to make a sure. difference. So uh, we work with the largest utility consumer and the largest landlord in D.C., uh, the D.C. Housing Authority. Uh, they had about, you know, half a billion to a billion dollars in deferred maintenance that they needed capital for. Uh, Paul and I were able to find about $130 million of that from their energy bill. So we've been able to put $130 million of capital into, you know, stuff that's really important, chillers and boilers and pumps and motors and fans. Um, we're working on one of the largest solar projects in the city with the housing authority. Um, and their leadership has just been really helpful from the board to the executive director, um, working with them on sustainability for 20 years, being able to put together um, kind of this groundbreaking project. Uh, they're one of the most sustainable housing authorities in the world. Um, and they've been very open to to working with us to get there. Is this sort of like the, um, the corporate or development analog to say uh, the companies that will uh, had me put solar panels on my roof and then will reimburse themselves by the money they saved me by putting them on the roof? Absolutely, absolutely. But it goes deeper. Uh, what we found is that single measure contractors are great, uh, solar guys and lighting guys and um, finance guys. Um, but as you start to get more and more need in terms of capital, um, you really need to find every dollar. So we look at everything from pipes to repairs um, to equipment um, and we're able to bundle that together and get more bang for your savings buck. This seems to me, I'm listening to you and thinking about this, this sounds like one of the biggest no-brainers in history. So um, what's is this ubiquitous here in D.C.? What would make it ubiquitous? Why wouldn't anybody want to do this? Yeah, I've been asking that question for 30 years. Um, right, man, I, just, I didn't mean to rub salt in your wounds, but, really? but seriously, it makes some, is, yeah. it, what, what, is it a timing thing? Do people just need to value it? I, I what do you think? Well, you know, again, we've been struggling with that for 30 years. The, the, the market has grown from, uh, I, I was with the guy who sold the first one of these. I was fortunate enough to sell the second one of these. I think now it's probably annually a multi-billion dollar business. There's $4 trillion of deferred infrastructure investment needed in the United States, and this is a really smart way to do it. Um, governments, I think, have taken to it more quickly because their budgets are, uh, are a lot tighter. Private sector folks, uh, commercial real estate guys in particular, um, have a lot of money. They know financing. So we're still trying to understand why they don't want free money, uh, especially if it's their money. Uh, we're taking it back from the utility companies and giving it to them. We have been successful. Uh, Dante's Partners here locally is a very um, um, progressive, uh, innovative, uh, affordable housing developer. We're also working with uh, Vesta Corporation, which is another national real estate um, organization. They've been great to work with. So we think um, the traction is starting. There's been a new thing lately called PACE, which is property assessed clean energy, where now you can finance these um, on the asset value of your properties. 
So we think that's going to help uh, real estate guys be able to get in and out of projects more quickly. They have more flexibility in their financing, uh, increase asset value, and, and not have liquidity issues at close. Um, so we think that that pace will start to take off. Now it's only been a few years that pace has been going, and I think they're all the way up to over a billion dollars in financing nationally. So we think that'll break it open. Um, but but there's no, I mean, there's no reason. Um, not to do it. And I think it'll become normal here over the next few years, um, recapturing uh, otherwise lost resources. It seems it's really no different from a sale leaseback or a finance transaction. You're just, you're capturing costs and rebating them. But is there some possibility that, you know, renewable or, or energy conservation has been so politicized that people are just like, some people just turn off on it because they feel like they're making a political statement by engaging in the conversation? Well, it's interesting. Um, Again, this is the only space I've known. I, th- I don't think I've ever sold a project based on the environmental benefits. Hmm. Um, we've been able to take the equivalent of about 12,000 cars off the road um, since we've started uh, here locally. We've reduced water. We've reduced carbon emissions. Um, but primarily, at the end of the day, we're saving you money and we're helping you put capital in your building. Um, that's kind of where we approach it. And we think if we stay there, that be- Capital tends to be apolitical, so uh, hopefully that's kind of where we'll stay. <laughs> I, I think that's right. Capital uh, capital is apolitical. That, that's exactly right. And it goes where there is return, which is always one of the frustrating things um, here, trying to get people to understand how to grow the economy. Money doesn't create opportunity. Money follows opportunities. Without question. So what's next for you and, and, and ThinkBox? Because I think it sounds like you have some interesting opportunities in front of you. We do. Um, I think capital is starting to find the space. Now uh, we've got probably access to over two, three hundred million dollars in capital uh, this year that we're trying to get committed uh, by the third quarter. Hopefully, we'll be successful at that, and that's nationally. Um, and this is money again that we're recapturing from utility and repair costs. So um, I think that's one of the biggest things. And then growth, you know, really, I think these are complex projects as well. So it kind of takes a little bit for folks to get their head around it. Um, so we need good people. So we're looking for really sharp people who can communicate, uh, who are innovative, um, who can talk to decision makers. Um, that's always challenging to find in our space. Um, and then I think a lot of our talent has gone to tech. Um, you know, when we were coming up, uh, really smart guys went into engineering and law. Uh, I think now you're seeing a lot of guys go into tech and finance. Um, so there's a dearth of talent a little bit in our space, but uh, I think that's an opportunity for us. Sounds like you're Maybe pulling for a recession here. <laughs> you know, we do well in uh, we do well in, in good markets because there's lots of funding available. We do well in, in challenging markets because people need money. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Beautiful. Well, we wish you the best with everything. It's an important thing you're doing. And uh, let's face it, who doesn't like free money? Darren Coach, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, appreciate it. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, and our web writer is B. Aldrich. Music provided by two local bands, The Sunbathers and my own band, Two Car Living Room. Thanks to Acuity. Acuity is a leading technology innovator solving big data analytics problems. Check them out today and discover the power of Acuity. If you have a story idea, don't forget to tweet us at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for joining us.